The KXAN News Podcast is sponsored by Shelf Genie. Welcome to KXAN News Today. Here are your Tuesday morning headlines. In just a few hours, the Supreme Court is set to hear a major case challenging President Biden's ability to cancel student loan debt. It will discuss whether the plan is legal. 26 million people have already tried to apply for that relief. Austin police are investigating a shooting in North Austin. Someone shot a person last night at the ascent at Walnut Creek Apartments. It's off Runberg Lane near Metric Boulevard. Person shot is expected to survive. APD didn't say what led up to that shooting. The FBI and DOE that are going more towards the potential of a, a lab leak. Nobody is saying this was on purpose. Let me be clear, no one is supposing that. Republican lawmakers are demanding information on how COVID originated. That's after the Department of Energy changed its assessment, saying it's likely the deadly virus stemmed from an accidental lab leak in China, according to two sources with direct knowledge. Back here at home, a group of Austin leaders are going to talk about just how safe it is on a popular row of bars. Good morning, I'm Tom Miller. I'm Sally Hernandez. The Austin Public Safety Committee is meeting today to talk about Rainy Street, and it could take action on safety concerns on the Rainy Street District. Comes not long after 30-year-old Jason John went missing following a night out on that street. His body was pulled from Lady Bird Lake two weeks ago. His family and others have called for more lighting and more security cameras in that area. First warning weather with meteorologist Kristen Curry. Good morning. Just looking at radar, we don't have anything out there. A little bit of cloud cover, though. We should see probably a few more clouds uh, compared to what we've seen recently. But looking outside now, you walk about a weather camera, you look good, Georgetown. We do have uh, temperatures on the cooler side, but it's just relatively speaking. Temperatures are still warmer than average. We're just not quite as mild as what we had yesterday. That leaves us at 53 up there in Wilco, 54 in Bastrop, 55 in Austin. Temperatures in the 40s out west. You compare these numbers to where we were yesterday, and we're down 10 to about 25 degrees. However, this is in part due to some drier air air sitting on top of us. Drier air, easy to cool down, but it's also easy to warm up. So our temperatures not only get back to where they were yesterday, they probably exceed where we were yesterday with a forecast high of 88 underneath that mostly sunny sky. So I'm going mostly to partly sunny for all of us here. Dry skies everywhere, but some changes on the way. Coming up, we're talking about near record warmth really today, tomorrow, and Thursday. Then a strong cold front moves in, brings us severe weather risk. It also brings a quick cool down here once we hit Friday. So a one weather maker in the seven day. It comes in later this week. I'm going to tell you everything you need to plan for coming up in your first wedding forecast. Thank you, Kristen. A former bus monitor with Austin ISD could be facing charges. Police say he inappropriately touched a student. Police arresting 74-year-old Carlos Vasquez last Friday and he's already out on bail. Yeah, the bus where this happened is assigned to students with intellectual disabilities. And according to court documents, it says that Vasquez touched the student inappropriately three different times last November while riding the bus home from school. The third time, the affidavit says she told her guardian about it. AISD families say that they are grateful the student spoke up, stopping it before it continued. Best thing that happened is, is that the child was able to, uh, you know, go to someone in authority and tell them about it. 
AISD police investigating the case say video footage from the buses confirmed what the student was saying. They say Vasquez ultimately admitted to the crime. Now going in depth here in May in 2015, the Texas legislature passed Senate Bill 507, which requires school districts to put video surveillance cameras onto special education classroom walls. It was sparked after multiple reports of abuse against students with disabilities in Texas. It also, by the way, this bill requires the district to keep the audio and video footage for at least six months in cases. In case someone such as a parent, a district leader, a police officer or other investigator needs to look at it. Governor Abbott signed it into law in June. New research shows people with disabilities are more likely to experience sexual violence than those without a disability. According to the Centers for Disease Control, 39% of women who reported rape had a disability at the time of the crime. Meantime, 24% of men who reported sexual violence had a disability at the time. Also, both men and women with disabilities are more likely to report sexual violence compared to those without a disability. Your personal information may have been exposed for months to criminals. The Department of Public Safety says it's because of a lapse in the state's driver's license system. This is a huge deal. It told lawmakers yesterday that a Chinese organization, a crime group, got duplicates of at least 3,000 Texans licenses. It says the group did not hack the systems. DPS says criminals took advantage of a security lapse in the state's online portable portal rather, for requesting a replacement driver's license. The director, Steve McCross, says DPS is working with federal agencies to resolve this and to get some of the suspects into custody. Criminals may also have their hands on sensitive information from federal investigations. A U.S. Marshal Service report said that it suffered a breach last week. In a statement Monday, the spokesperson Drew Wade acknowledged that breach, telling NBC News, the affected system contains law enforcement sensitive information, including returns from a legal process, administrative information, and personally identifiable information pertaining to subjects of USMS investigations. The system was disconnected from the network. Justice Department now investigating. Two suspended University of Texas organizations are gonna be back on campus. Why were they allowed to return? And how you can work with nonprofits to give back to your community this week. Good morning, a live look outside from our Ewalt Kubota Georgetown camera. You can see the traffic on I-35 humming along smoothly. It is dark and early, not too many folks out on the road. To the news, and a pair of suspended University of Texas organizations will be back on campus. The Pi Kappa Phi fraternity and the Texas Cowboys just receiving provisional reinstatement. UT suspended both of them for hazing violations. Yeah, we reported, we reported how both received suspensions back in 2019. UT announcing this chance at reinstatement is part of the university's new nine dimensions of successful student organizations program. Both groups are gonna need to meet certain benchmarks monitored by the Office of the Dean of Students. Neither group is permitted to represent the university in any official capacity during their respective provisional return periods. Now to date, five student organizations are taking part in that program. Cowboy's suspension came after the 2018 death of Nikki Cumberland. He died following a car accident after a Cowboy's retreat. 
the driver falling asleep at the wheel, and that led to Cumberland being thrown from the vehicle. You have the chance to help local charities and nonprofits and then multiply the impact with Amplify Austin Day. Tomorrow night at 6 o'clock, the 24-hour event starts. The organization I Live Here, I Give Here has partnered with more than 700 charities to help boost donations for the special event. Last year, Central Texans generously gave more than $12 million from more than 30,000 individual donors. We have a way in how you can donate on our website, kxan.com. Texans are ready for the blue bonnets, but we're looking at whether the freeze is going to affect how many we see this year. Austin police could be short nearly 80 officers pretty soon. What does it mean for police response and what's being done about it? Texas women had a chance to win at least a share of the Big 12 championship on Monday night. We've got more on that and some interesting reaction coming up. This KXAN News Podcast is brought to you by Shelf Genie. I'm Rosie Newberry from KXAN Studio 512. Considering replacing your kitchen cabinets? Struggling to find or reach things? Go to ShelfGenie.com slash Austin. Shelf Genie designs custom pull-out shelves for your existing cabinets, adding convenience and value to the most used room in your home. Shelf Genie custom pull-out shelves, everything in reach. Good morning. Live look outside from our camera on the Austonian. See the beautiful city of Austin right there. We're going to check in with Kristen for the latest look on your forecast. Erica has your traffic in just the next few minutes. 21 black-led and black-serving nonprofits have more than $355,000 to continue their work. The Austin Community Foundation and the Black Fund gave out that money yesterday, and they held the first ever Black Fund Awards show to celebrate those groups. The Black Fund was launched last year to give back and find solutions to benefit the black community in Central Texas. The co-chairs of the fund say so much work has gone into creating this, and now they're looking forward to seeing what the future holds. We've come a really long way in a very short amount of time, and we still have so much further to go. We have such big visions about what the future looks like. It's just the beginning. While we are honoring our progress tonight, there's a long way to go, and I look forward to getting back into it and the momentum that's coming because we've been here. As we wrap up Black History Month, you can find our in-depth coverage online right now looking at the Austin 12, that is the first group of black students to integrate into Austin schools. It is a powerful documentary. Hope you watch it. You can find it on KXAN.com on the homepage. Also on KXAN.com, KXAN recently had the state of the art allergy equipment installed on a roof that uses artificial intelligence and automated sampling to detect minute by minute changes and things like cedar pollen. Well, now you can too. You can access this live data from your home. You can see hour by hour changes in each allergen and hover over an hour to see the rolling 24 hour average. This gives the most accurate representation of how bad your symptoms can be. KXAN is the only TV station to actually have this equipment. And y'all, we've been kind of watching this and making sure that everything looks okay, doing some quality control over the last few weeks. So this is a, a labor of love for sure. So uh, we are so excited to be uh, rolling this out here. This is what it looks like this morning uh, because typically we give you those 24 hour averages, right? So now you can actually break it down by the hour. hour. By that hour. is incredible. Is there a time where allergies are worse, like morning, afternoon or night? It, it depends on the weather. So okay. it depends on the winds, you know, 
if we see the humidity because that's when the mold will spike. Yeah. So all sorts of different factors. Usually in the afternoon just because there's a little bit more air movement. Yeah. But pretty cool. That We're is excited cool. about it. Let me show you what's going on with your forecast here because clouds and radar not showing us anything too exciting. If I zoom this all the way out across the state, we're waiting on our next storm system, but it's still way to the west. So we're pretty quiet this morning. Temperatures a little cool like we talked about. Drier air in place. So our temperatures running cool to start, but we will recover nicely. So if you need the light jacket this morning, I wouldn't judge you. We're in the 40s out across the hill country. 50s and low 60s a little further towards the east. I'll give you a second to find your neighborhood number. Again, these temperatures are a good 10 to 20 degrees cooler than what we had yesterday at this time, but we're going to make up some serious ground today. We've got 60s climbing to the low 80s, forecast high 88. Record tying warmth expected today. It is going to be unseasonably warm area-wide. There's a little bit of air movement this afternoon. We'll get more of a southerly wind here, hitting us at about 10 to 15 miles per hour this afternoon. So the wildfire danger has improved since yesterday, but it's still not perfect, moderate to high across the region. Let's talk about what's going on with these sky conditions because really today, mostly sunny. No problems. Tomorrow, a little bit more cloud cover and maybe a couple sprinkles. And then by the time we hit the later part of Thursday, I think we're going to be talking a little bit more in the way of storms and showers. Here's why. If I put this into motion here, we're going to be watching a storm system that's coming out of the northwest. You can see it already, right? Once we hit tomorrow, that snow and wintry mix kind of spreading over the desert southwest, the Four Corners region. Well, that is going to drag a cold front through our area. Thursday, late afternoon, early evening. Problem is there could be some strong to maybe even severe storms right along that cold front as it pushes west to east across central Texas, meaning our severe storm threat is a two out of five from about Williamson, Travis County eastward. So this covers up all of our eastern counties, one out of five extending from I-35 westward. So this is what's pretty much my focus here is I'm going to be watching for that threat of severe weather later this week. Until then, record time warmth today, tomorrow and Thursday. Really, for the next three days, we're going to be right up against those daily records and far above average. As that cold front pushes in with that severe risk on Thursday, everything clears Thursday night, left behind some really strong winds. Overnight Thursday into Friday morning, we've got wind gusts of about 40 to 45 miles per hour. Cold front takes us down to the 60s briefly on Friday, then we get right back into the 70s for the weekend. Overnight lows will also come down as we're in the 40s Friday morning and again Saturday morning, but we will not see anything in the way of a freeze. We stay far above that over the next six to seven days. This is KXAN Sports, brought to you by Thomas J. Henry. Hi, good morning to you. Final regular season home game for the UT women, and they were hoping to celebrate more than just senior night. A win over Baylor, and they clinch at least a share of the Big 12 title. Vic Schaefer challenged Longhorn fans to put 10,000 in Moody and they would get a big check to Longhorn neighborhood Longhorn program. That was accomplished. Now they had to go out and seal the deal against the Baylor team they beat in Waco. Shea Holly knocks down the three, but this was a slugfest. Taylor Jones, 15 points, 13 rebounds. Texas up by two, but then they fall behind by five at halftime. Sarah Andrews hits the floater. Second half, down by five. Rory Harmon, the pull-up jumper, cuts it to three inside of two minutes to go in the third. But you know, Baylor had every answer in those offensive rebound putbacks. A lot of times, that's just effort, and they get it from Darianna Littlepage Bugs, the freshman. And then the offense for Texas 
just stymied right here, down by nine. Got to get a shot up with over four minutes to go. They do not, and Sarah Andrews comes back with the dagger. So after that incredible performance against OU and the second-leading scoring team in the nation, the Longhorns fall flat against Baylor with so much on the line. I think the biggest disappointment is that you're playing for a championship, and we just, for whatever reason, you know, we, we weren't ready to go. You're always concerned about coming off an emotional win like we had on Saturday, but we've got so much at stake. I mean, we have a lot to play for. You'd, you'd think we'd, we'd have a little more energy and juice than, than what we had. And again, I, I thought Rory and Taylor, Shea, boy, they played their guts out. It's pretty upsetting to see that when I'm on the court and I look around, it doesn't, it doesn't seem like, it doesn't feel like I'm getting the same energy that I'm putting out on the court from like some of the team and and I don't understand like coach Schaefer said like you would think that we'd we'd give it our all after you know playing so well at OU and and being in first place and trying to win a championship um it's like I almost take that personal some raw emotion there from Harmon they still had to put their best face forward because they raised $156,000 for neighborhood Longhorns program because of the crowd of over $10,000. Vic Schaefer started with a $10,000 donation. Then senior night, Fon Masudi, Hadija Fai, and Anissa Gutierrez all recognized. Again, good chance this will not be their final home game. They're still projected as a top four tournament seed, which would put them at home for the first and second round. Now, one regular season game left at Kansas State. A lot of different possibilities, but the bottom line is, at worst, they can play for a piece of the title if they win over K-State on Saturday. Baseball tonight at the dish should be interesting. Number one LSU taking on the Longhorns. That's at 630. Back to you. Thank you, Roger. A Texas business icon, Red McCombs, is now in his final resting place. Family and friends held a large service in San Antonio for Billy Joe Red McCombs yesterday. The car dealership owner helped co-found Clear Channel Communications he also brought the Spurs to San Antonio in the early 1970s. He donated millions to the University of Texas, which named the business school after him. McCombs was 95 years old. Hey everyone, Assistant Professor Amelia Wolf with the University of Texas conducts studies and research on plants. She's here to talk with us all things related to blue bonnets, we want to know. We want to know what the freeze that we just had. Do you think that has any impacts on how many will kind of blossom and be produced? Yeah, so the good news is that I think the blue bonnets will be just fine. Um, you know, back in 2021, when we had the snowpocalypse, the blue bonnets were just fine. The, the native plants around here really are well adapted to being able to deal with these cold snaps that come by every once in a while. Uh, most of the most of the flowers that we see come up in the spring actually germinate in the fall. So they're really used to coming up when it's cold, dealing with the occasional freeze. And uh, and so I think the good news is that the blue bonnets will be just fine uh, with the with the ice storm that just came through. When do we start to see uh, blue bonnets? And also, are the seasons changing at all with, with climate change? Out at the field site that I'm working at, we just saw our very first blue bonnet flower this week. Um, so they are starting to come out. They will really be kind of flowering in force more in, in March. Um, they are one of the earlier 
spring spring bloomers, as everybody probably has seen and appreciates. That is that is true. Blue moddens particularly um, really love disturbance, and so places where the soil has been kind of tilled up the the edge of roads. We do also seed blue bonnets along the edge of roads, but it's a great place for blue bonnets to grow places where there's been digging other things you'll see out at the wildflower center you would see maybe a lot of blue bonnets along the paths along the edge of paths and other things so blue bonnets really love disturbance um in terms of climate change we are seeing some shifts kind of worldwide in terms of plants starting to flower earlier and earlier so kind of spring starting a little bit earlier and that does have to do temperatures getting a little bit warmer but plants have a lot of different cues they use to to decide when to flower that includes things like day length and temperature and amount of rain kind of the soil nutrients that they have access to so there's a lot of different things that go into um, when a plant starts to bloom what is now just an empty lot dylan but that's going to change thanks for joining kxan news today you can also listen to kxan news nightly every weekday after 5 30 p.m for in-depth coverage on what matters most to you